This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Blood Red podcast. Today I'm your host and I'm Connor Dunn. I'm joined by three fine human beings. On my far left is Sean Bradbury. Sean, how are you? Very well, thanks. Yes, bringing me step after yesterday. Excellent. Decent win. Very good. Joe, Joe Rimmer, how are yeah, you? Yeah, same. Feeling good after yesterday. It was... Um weirdly it was much needed wasn't it yeah. I don't know why strangely really, so yeah no, they've won every other game in the Premier League but yeah. and then uh, last but certainly not least is Paul Gorst how are you feeling today um, I felt better I think <laughs> um, <laughs> I've certainly felt worse so just trying to remember when that was um, but yeah no I'm good I'm glad to be here on the pod I'll start with you first and just just quickly um, you were a little bit hungover on Sunday for the Liverpool Chelsea game weren't you despite being at Stamford Bridge you had a night out in London on Saturday evening and I'll give a special mention to your friend can you tell me a little bit more yes yeah, sure. I mean it, <laughs> I, I, I was I mean I wasn't not trying to keep it quiet but Joe outed me on Twitter yesterday didn't you saying it sometimes I'm requested, you requested you in on a requested me to over. out you on the podcast too yeah. I might add so I was at, actually at a, a charity event on Saturday night in London um, which one of my good friends has organised and it was raising money for homeless people across London. Um, the Paul UK is the name of the charity. Uh, charity auction, I think we raised about £15,000. Wow. And 500 of that come from a mate of mine who accidentally bid on a holiday. Um, so he's got a couple's retreat, a yoga retreat, sorry, in Portugal coming up that he had no intention of buying <laughs> and mistakenly ended up uh, purchasing. Superb. Well, after that excellent start and you've been hungover on Sunday, Liverpool certainly weren't hungover and started incredibly oh, brightly in the game. Smooth that. What did you make of it? Uh, Seamless. I mean, yeah. the last the last 15, 20 minutes were really uh, fly by the seat of your pants stuff, wasn't it? And Liverpool were clinging on, they couldn't get hold of the ball, there was no composure, no control, absolutely none of that at all. It all went out the window. But for the 70 minutes before that, I thought Liverpool were very good. I thought they deserved to be in front. Um, always a tough place to go, Chelsea, no matter... I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a different Chelsea than we're used to seeing, and it's one that's trying to get back on its feet with a new... New manager, a relatively uh, untried manager with a, a new-look squad, but still got plenty of quality in there. So Liverpool did very well to go there and deserve to, to be 2-0 up uh, for so long. So I think, on reflection, Liverpool deserved to win, but um, the last 15 minutes were too nervy for mine and, and many others like them. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's just a case of Liverpool playing at Stamford Bridge, isn't it, Joe? And that, that is always an amazing win whenever you can get one. Definitely. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, my teenage years, Liverpool never won at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Bruno Shearer, um delivered yeah. the first win at Stamford <laughs> oh, Bridge yeah. in a long, long time. Assisted so, by your mates. Yeah, assisted by some brilliant play. Go and watch that goal back. Emil Heskey, great, great hold-up play. But yeah, it, it, it was always been a tough place to go. And, and I think, all right, it was a nervy last 20 minutes, but there's this feeling today that Liverpool perhaps weren't very good, and I think they were quite good yesterday. They managed the game well. They created good chances. Um, you know, Firmino could have scored a third, couldn't he? Um, yeah. in, early in the second half, and you know they, they they took all three points. So it was a really really good win. It was something that they I think Gorsty quite rightly pointed out in his verdict afterwards that it was something that they hadn't really managed last season uh, on the road at the um, you know the in inverted commas big clubs uh, and their rivals. So. A huge win that was missing last season and you know it was doing the world of good going into the next couple of games it, it was mad like I said at the start it was like a win the, the sixth win in the row that was just felt like massively needed yeah absolutely I mean both Gorsty and Joe have mentioned there Sean that the last 20 minutes were a little bit nervy what do you think that was down to 
I think mainly it's just legginess, isn't it, from from Napoli. I think when these when these fixtures were thrown up, and obviously we've had the League Cup tie that's been thrown in there as well, but it did look like a, a difficult little run for the Reds. Even Sheffield United game, I think you've got to include in that as well. Promoted sides away from home, which you know is never going to be easy. But those two results, obviously last season, Napoli away was a loss. Chelsea after that late storage thunderbolt was just about snatched the draw. It was I thought it was always going to be difficult, and, and obviously with Liverpool having lost in midweek, there was there was a lot of exertion and tried everything they could do to uh, to kind of win that one. So yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of more in the positive camp. I just think you saw kind of all sides of what this Liverpool team are capable of. You saw the ruthlessness, you saw the threat from set pieces. Like Even at the start of the second half, I thought they had another real good go. Could have been three, could have been four, as Klopp himself said um, in his post-match comments. And then yeah, just as it wore on, I just think there was a bit of tie in this Mane and, and, and some others just looked like they'd run out of legs. Fabinho, who was unbelievable oh. in the first half, did, mm. did look like he... he was tiring a little bit, which was well within his rights to do. Um, so yeah, the, the, they managed to come away with all three points is, is testament to, to character, really, because I think it was just nerves over over physical ability in that last 20. Yeah, absolutely. Paul. I'm going to ask you about that as well now, to be honest, because obviously, you know, Liverpool played really well for the majority of the game, had those nervous moments. Does this just show the fact that, you know, the phrase winning ugly is for want of a better use. They, they just can win in all, all sorts of manners now. Yeah, definitely. I think there was a time when Liverpool would have went to Chelsea and as soon as Kante scores, then that's it. It's a draw, you know. Sooner or later, Chelsea are going to get the level up. But this Liverpool team now are just just so strong, aren't they, that defensively? And, and they know that they can fall back on that that strength at the back because, like, Sir Van Dijk and, and in particular Matip, who I thought was excellent yet again, um, just stood up to the task and every ball will come in. They were heading a clear. Um, Batshuayi got in between them for one header, which he... he might have done better with, but generally there wasn't a, a whole lot for Chelsea to huff and puff at. I thought Liverpool uh, d- defended very well, and okay, they couldn't get hold of the ball and couldn't run the clock down, and um, it was nervy trying to see it out. But um, that's the reason they've got the defence that they have, and it's the reason that they were the the best defence in the league last season, weren't they? So um, it's a great, um, great thing to have in your, in your armoury, and it certainly came to the fore yesterday because, um, as Joe says. It, Really, just felt like a, a, a massive win, and um, six from six now, isn't it? Liverpool have got the best lead that anyone's ever had at this stage of a Premier League campaign with five points, and um, everything seems rosy. And, and I think, I think winning in these types of games are going to be massive. Liverpool are going to be uh, champions because last season um, Manchester City obviously beat them, but they drew at United, they drew at Chelsea, they drew at Arsenal, and. Some of those have got to change if they are serious about uh, top of Manchester City. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you obviously mentioned Matip there, Joe. His performances recently have been absolutely fantastic. And you just at the moment think there's no chance of Joe Gomez getting anywhere near his place. No, uh, well, I think Joe Gomez will play in the League Cup, but in the league and, and in the Champions League right now, Matip deservedly has that spot. And it's testament to how well he's playing. I thought he was excellent yesterday, You know, especially towards the end when Liverpool were under, under the cosh a bit. He got his head on things, he cleared things. There was one just clearance right up the pitch that at the time Liverpool had kept giving the ball back to Chelsea. Yeah, I think it was about five minutes ago and he just mm, hammered it up, the, it. up yeah. the pitch and it was like a moment of great relief. And But it, but I thought individually, I think it's weirdly Liverpool don't seem to be defending that well as a unit at the moment. They're, they're not keeping those clean sheets that sort of caught the eye at the start of last season. But I think in terms of individual performances, they're defending very, very well. Like Trent... I thought was excellent yesterday. Made some really crucial tackle tackles. Made a great header uh, towards the end when Chelsea were putting dangerous crosses in. Thought Robertson stood up well, fought hard yesterday, and, and won a lot of tackles. And then 
Van Dijk is Virgil Van Dijk, isn't he? And, and the goalkeeper, I think, will come on to. So I think, you know, individually they're defending really, really well. It would be nice they kept a couple of clean sheets, but, you know, I don't think it's for anyone's performance, if that makes sense. You know, I just yeah. think right now they're conceding goals, a bit of luck going against them, but I'm pretty sure clean sheets will come. Yeah, I totally take your point about the individual performances. Obviously, you know, Trent scored his absolute scream of goal yeah. and then... Robertson at the end when Liverpool under pressure run it yeah, out and yeah, pressure yeah, yeah. and you know those sort of things is what's helping Liverpool and you know you mentioned the goalkeeper there as an individual performance I think he actually gave Liverpool a platform in the first half to go on and win that game Sean what did you make of Adrian? Oh, de- definitely I think his story at Liverpool so far has just been remarkable because when he signed I think everyone was just thinking well he's not going to get too much of a look in and was almost just counting the minutes until Alisson returned given just how much he brings to this Liverpool side but we've reached the stage now I think where you're not really too worried about rushing Alisson back, certainly. And and th- I think he's, he's done the one thing that I wouldn't necessarily have backed him to do, which is, I'd say he's, al- he's already won Liverpool points in the league, arguably, like you say, mm-hmm. yesterday, because if Abraham scores that, that one-on-one mm-hmm. and it goes one-all, it's an entirely different game, isn't it? Chelsea, you know, we, we saw how dangerous they were when they eventually did rally after uh, Kante's goal. And if that had come earlier, you know, you, you might have been panicking, but... It's not just that as well, is it? He's, he's arguably won Liverpool a Super Cup and whatever happens from him here on in, even if he only plays five or six more games, he's he's been a massive figure in this season. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought a really good moment as well was actually when Chelsea scored from that VIR goal, he, he made two the double oh, save. Uh, really yeah, good. Yeah, it's superb. And if that stays out, it looks like an amazing save. But yeah. I mean, I think Adrian's performing recently is just a testament to him that Liverpool aren't missing Alisson. Yeah, and that, that's that's the biggest compliment you can pay him because Alisson, for me anyway, is the best goalkeeper in the world, £65 million. Pound. Won the Premier League Golden Glove, the uh, Copper America Golden Glove and the Champions League in, in his first season. Um, so he, for me, is, is probably the, the top goalkeeper. So um, that just shows you how well Adrian's done that. You're not, not too worried about when Alisson's back and you're not checking the calendar every day and, and hoping that it's going to be next week. So the Liverpool can... Take the time with with the with Allison and ease him back into into full fitness. And um, Adrian is just um, just playing superbly well. I agree with Sean's point there about uh, Tammy Abraham when he goes clean through there. He's got all the time in the world. He's sprung the offside trap and he's one on one. And if he equalises there, then that could be a completely different game. And Liverpool have got to rally again. And um, he stood up well to it, didn't he? And um, for so often before Allison's arrival, um, goalkeepers weren't really. Saving Liverpool's points um, didn't really happen as much as it should have. And um, to be fair to him, yesterday he, he's done that, and probably a bit unlucky to be on the losing end on the, on Tuesday night as well. But that save he made from Dries Mertens, which is one of the huh. one of the best you'll see this season, yeah, was yeah. unreal. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Adrian. I just think he's been extraordinary. His mentality is just perfect for Liverpool, and and I think that was one of the big reasons they got him. But to come in the way he has done and. No fuss, just gone about his business really well. I mean, even made a, a really, really bad error, didn't he, at Southampton? Yeah. And it's not it's not flustered him. He's not, you know, he still plays the ball out quite well. I've got to be honest, I, I thought when he came in, I thought he was a bit of a downgrade on Mignolet. I, I think people still treat Mignolet a little bit badly. I don't think he was quite as bad a goalkeeper as people made out. He perhaps wasn't a Liverpool goalkeeper. Well, he wasn't a Liverpool goalkeeper, but he still served the club quite well for a long time. So... I thought when he came in, I shrugged my shoulders a little bit, but, yeah. but he, he, his mentality has been brilliant. And you can imagine even when Alisson comes back, he'd be a good person to have around that dressing room and he'll always have Liverpool fans' respect for this this little spell. And as, as Paul said before, 
it's, it's, you could even say we haven't really noticed that Alisson's not playing mm. you know and, and that that's massive isn't it huge yeah you're not concerned about the lack of clean sheets at all are you Sean a little bit but I think as, as the guys alluded to before most of the goals Liverpool have conceded have been not quite freak goals but a lot of them just it's kind of strange little incidents I think as well one thing um, and you've seen this a couple of times in a few games where I think there's a little bit of they're almost trying to rebalance the midfield a little bit. I thought Henderson like was was kind of really high up in this game, and there's been quite a few where he's kind of really sort of push on and like be busy up front and kind of lead the press from that right hand side of the midfield. And like Fabinho's so good, I think he's almost being trusted to kind of mop up and run the defensive midfield completely on his own. Yeah. And it, it feels like he's he's having to control more more of the pitch than maybe Henderson used to do as a number six, and maybe they're getting used to that a little bit. Um, but no, I, I don't think it's it's anything particularly. It doesn't feel like there's a pattern of play or an obvious weakness that every team's preying on. That goals are happening in, in various different ways, so it's not not a long term concern. I don't think. Fine. Um, a talking point that has been throughout this Premier League season so far. It was talking point for Liverpool yesterday is VAR. Um, <clears throat> for me, watching it, it kind of felt like we'd scored twice. Corsi, what <laughs> did you think? <laughs> well, it was the, it was the right decision, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Mason Mount, his left foot was was just marginally offside. Yeah, yeah, and, and well, this is this is the reason it's been brought in, isn't it? I mean. VAR has its its detractors and it's <clears throat> it's people who champion it and it's for me it just seems like now nowadays um, all you seem to talk about is VAR the actual <clears throat> football talk disappears and, and it, that that that's the big frustration for me because you, you want to talk about football and you just left talking about refereeing decisions and so on but it, they got it right yesterday did they get it right on Tuesday night in Naples I'd argue now I thought Callihan was a dive so Liverpool have got maybe a little bit of of justification for, for that one. Um, but it, it was the right decision, and, and that's all you want. I think VAR should should be limited to offsides. To be perfectly honest, I think it's um, I think it, 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 an offside call is black and white, isn't it? The same way goal line technology is. So I'd like to see it just limited to that and let the referees make make the calls um, as as they see fit during games. Fine, okay. So, sorry, I, I just think it's funny the way you said that. Uh, now all we do is talk about VAR but in the past all people did was talk about referees and we'd say referees have got to get that right how many times you watch you watch Match of the Day or something where pundits would be going they've got to get that one right why, why have they got to get that one right they, they're human beings and and now I think with VAR it's just like well there's a there's a clear for, for offsides for example you say it's black and white but all weekend, all they've done is people have debated you know I saw a piece yesterday saying essentially but Mason Mount's left foot wasn't really you know, it, it wasn't a massive thing, was it? It was only his left foot offside. But they've got to draw the line somewhere. The, yeah. They can't just go. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it is. It is a matter of that's offside. Yeah. That isn't. Well, well Young Min Son then was offside, wasn't he for Tottenham? Yeah. And and whether it's his hair offside or whether it's his his full body, there's got to be a line drawn, and they can't go. Well, it's so close. We'll just leave it mm. because if they did, like I, I, you know, I'm sure we've all had the, the debate with our mates or whatever. But I, I was chatting to to my mates about it and said, "Well, what what if that that goal cost Liverpool the league? Well, what if Liverpool conceded the goal and it cost them the league? And and you'd have people debating all day. They've got a system here, and you can slow it down to there, right there. He's offside, and they've not called it because it's so close. I just think either accept VAR the way it is, or don't have it. And and I think it's it's come in these endless debates over oh someone's shoulder was offside yeah it was not that's where the line's drawn so so it's no goal and, and if you don't like it accept the referees make make mistakes because we had like when they went to City a few years back in a, in a game that they lost that perhaps cost them the league 
there was a clear offside that the, the referee didn't, <clears throat> the linesman didn't get. But he's not going to be able to get it because because those things happen when you don't have technology. So I, I just think. I feel a little bit sorry for referees and and, mm. and Premier League because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you bring in VAR, everyone complains. If you don't don't have it in, you, you hear referees getting told you've got to make the right calls. They're never going to be able to. No one could do that job. It, it's difficult. Though. I think if you look at the game, the, the Napoli game and, and the decision yesterday, and the problem is when there's a bit of subjectivity that's introduced into it because a lot of people would have said that, that the Callahan one with Robertson, it was a clear but, and obvious But it's different error, though, isn't it? VAR, they don't... That clear and for well, VAR over offsides, it's a lot different. Well, see, he won't overrule a referee if he's made a penalty decision. No, but offsides is just black but and white. I, I thought this, but yesterday there was there was a really good discussion on Sky actually afterwards about it. There's the element of subjectivity with offside would be how far back you go because I suppose in, it was in, like you know in, in the do, move. do you reset that phase of play and like you know Sunus was like as as maybe a lot of people say well he would have done he said oh, I think that was fair enough whereas I think Keane and um, Mourinho were saying oh well I would have seen that as as uh, you know, it, it's that goal should have stood. Um, given that, so it's hard though, isn't it? Because like you know, where, where do you draw the line? It's there's, there's got to be some kind of hard and fast rule. Yeah, but they are drawing the line. I just think, I just don't think they can win. And I think with the penalty on on Wednesday night, I didn't think it was a penalty. I think we'd all agree we didn't think it was a penalty. But there were people after that game who thought it was a penalty. And you might think they're you might think they're wrong. You might think they're mad. But you you know, if they do, and if the referee did. Then they can't they can't overrule it. Otherwise, it'd just be there'd be chaos. They've got our rules, and that's 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 why they're there, isn't it? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, it seems like the argument has changed in what we're arguing about now, and it's the AR over decisions. And I think we'll put this endless debate to bed. I'll be here all day. Um, one thing I did want to talk about: Liverpool scored obviously from set pieces both times. Um, They've scored seven more goals since the start of last season via set pieces than any other team in the Premier League. Is that a surprise? Uh, no, I wouldn't have thought so because I, I, I remember Jurgen Klopp saying in quite quite detail, actually, not too sure when it was, but he, he did say at the start of, of last season, they, they looked at it and thought we need to improve our goal tally from set pieces, so they worked on it. Uh, Pep Linders and, and Peter Kravitz and, and the, the coaching staff got them on the training pitch and worked at it and now Liverpool are seeing the benefits from it so I wouldn't say I'm surprised by those statistics but um, I was surprised to see the, the well work free kick routines yesterday <laughs> the, the way they, they came out and um, that little drag by Salah just put it into Alexander-Arnold's path for just so to, cheeky, just opened up didn't it I mean yeah. that, that, that if Alexander-Arnold hits that dead hits the dead ball that space isn't open there for him yeah. for him to score that basically Rolls it and then the wall breaks up and and it the, the space just opens up for him and I thought that was a, a fantastic strike to be fair um you know you know he's got it in his locker anyway because of how how well he can strike a ball and then the second one it was another one wasn't it with Trent rolls it into Robertson's path and he you know his crossing is is probably the best in the Pills squad actually I'd say and he's put it on a plate for Firmino and tucked it away so. Um, I'm not surprised Liverpool are scoring more set pieces because they should be, to be fair, with, with Matip and Van Dijk going up for corners and, and whatever. <clears throat> um, and they've got Trent and Robertson who can deliver it. But I was surprised to see the, the way the, the free kick routines worked yesterday. That caught me by surprise a little bit. Do you think this is just another case of maybe Liverpool leaving absolutely no stone unturned in the will to score any way, shape or form and win games in every possible way? Definitely, definitely. You know, like, I think Liverpool fans know, but I think why there's this idea that Klopp's a motivator and all that, but the amount of 
attention to detail that goes on mm-hmm. in his scout, in his scout, and his coaching team, and his, the analytics department is unreal. And it, it's no surprise, you know, these little changes of angle. They're, they're no coincidence, are they? You know, the, the little moves. The Trent free kick was just—it was absolutely sexy, wasn't it? Ridiculous, you know? isn't it? That, that was just. <laughs> but it was like Stephen Gerrard esque, and it was yeah, there was a, there was a time when yeah. Diddy Man's like main job in the Liverpool team was just nudging free kicks, nudging the one, ball one towards Gerrard right, for him yeah. to just blam it into the top. And and uh, to see Trent do that was just great because it was like, you know, this young lad repeating something that I grew up watching mm. Liverpool's captain do time and time again. And it, it was just a, it was a sensational strike. Really, really enjoyed it. You know, you can, it's one of those goals that you can watch back from any angle. And yeah, and even uh, and they changed the angle again, didn't they, from the other free kick, and and that worked perfectly as well. So they're out thinking teams in in, in many different ways, and it just is the sign of a top top quality football team. I think the set piece stuff as well is another byproduct of just how hard Liverpool have got to work to match City, and and it's you know the, these two teams are having that kind of effect on each other, mm. pushing each other's level up all the time. I mean, it does feel now like there's. Talk of a top four, a top six. Well, it, it, it's a two, isn't it? And yeah, then yeah. It, it still seems uncertain what what's going to kind of form behind Liverpool and City. But yeah, I just think any any little edge, like you were saying, Ghosty, it's 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 those little things, those little refinements, and Liverpool have done it really well. I thought Doyle made a good point in his in his analysis. We've just talked about whilst things got a bit loose um, in the last twenty, Liverpool defended well, and I guess that's another thing, isn't it? Every every time Robbo or Trent or whoever's practicing these these set pieces and trying to whip them in. Van Dijk and Mata, but they're not to head yeah. them away. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of working for Liverpool at both ends of the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on from that now, um, Liverpool are going to be playing NK Dons on Wednesday. Um, now, Liverpool have lost their last four League Cup games in a row, if you think back to the semi-final away and home against Southampton and then <laughs> Leicester and then Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously being knocked out the first round of asking the last two years in a row. Um, they're against championship opposition now. Um, what do you think they're going to do? Well, I think I think it's a good opportunity actually for for Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp to to rest a few. Um, he hasn't really had that luxury over the last two seasons when he's coming up against Premier League opposition, um, Leicester and Chelsea. So I think this one is a good chance. And at, at a time when Liverpool are playing, seemingly playing like once every three days at the moment, aren't they up until the international break? So good chance to um, to rest a few players. Um, I'd almost, I mean. You could make a case that it'd be a completely different eleven for for Wednesday night. So, um, good chance for some fringe players to come in and stake a claim, and a good opportunity for others like Sadio Mane with his dead leg to to rest up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be all about changes, isn't it, Joe? And they're actually in League One, not Championship. Before <laughs> anybody calls me out on that. Um, is that what guy are? are um, is yeah, that what you said? I was very confused. I looking at my phone. I was like thinking, what's going on? Something happened. And he, I can see him just going one. Sorry, that, you're giving away the secrets here of yeah, how, how these podcasts yeah. put together. The fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, fourth, <laughs> breaking break the fourth wall. Um, but yeah, but, it's going to be all about changes, isn't it? Obviously, yeah. a League One opposition is a is a great chance for Liverpool to give their big players some rest. They played a lot of football already this year. Yeah, and it's a chance for the likes of Rian Brewster, Dejan Lovren, and you know. Uh, Joe Gomez, so many players to to play some football and stake a claim, isn't it? And for someone like Rian Brewster, you know, you think he's barely had a, a minute of football. Has he played for the first team yet? So he's someone that will want to make an impression, won't he, and show that I'm here, I'm useful, I I'm can ready. come on, and I'm ready. So, so it's a chance for them. Look, everyone knows my my feelings on the League Cup. 
I like it well more than I think. Better it gets, than the FA Cup. It's it's yeah. far better. Than, it's I, it, well, I think that, yeah. it's it's the best competition of all of them, isn't it? It's the one. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> but, the real the real prize. To, to be fair, it's it's probably a competition that Liverpool could do without this year, isn't it? Because I think if you go into December and you're still in that, well, I don't even know. I don't think there's enough days in December to play the amount of games Liverpool will have to play. Mm. They'll be playing two games a day, but it's it's also <laughs> you know like a, a really decent competition. I, I think. I've just written a piece for the morning about the 2003 League Cup final. It's one of my favourite memories in football. Loved it. It was a great day. Anyone was there. I just think it's one of the most underrated finals in recent Liverpool history. It was brilliant. And, you know, why people are so quick to turn their nose up at Silverware? I just can't get my head around it. Why Why people are so desperate to crash out for competition? It doesn't guarantee you winning. Why do people seem, seem to think that crashing out the League Cup at the third round guarantees that you've got a better chance to win the league. Man City did, did both. Mm. I've done both a number of times so Man United years, you know, like, mm. I don't think I don't think it's any guarantee so to me I hope all these players take their opportunity and Liverpool stay in the competition maybe through till December and then after gibbet because <laughs> they'll be playing in too many games. <laughs> right, no, fair enough. Sean, on the same evening, and this we've always mentioned this in the podcast before, the under-21s are playing in the EFL Trophy against Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. Um, they played the first one against Oldham, Seth Vandenberg, Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, they all played in that game. And that's obviously another competition that the young Liverpool players are going to want to take seriously. So how do you kind of see that working? Well, I, I, yeah, I was looking at this initially and thinking, oh, is it obsessed is there, with this this week? I have a little bit, yeah, because yeah. it just, you know, it is a little bit of a pile up on one day, isn't it? Which is a weird one. But thinking about it, I, I don't think there will be that much crossover. There might be a couple of lads you're borrowing from the under 18s team to stick on the bench in, in, the, in the cup game, the League Cup game. But, you know, the, the names you guys have just been putting out there, you could have a front three uh, on Wednesday night against MK Dons of maybe Origi, Brewster, and Shakiri, perhaps. And then in midfield, you'd be looking at what? Milner, who didn't start yesterday. Ox and maybe Cater. So, are we going to pick our League Cup team? Uh, by the oh, way, in this we world? are. Yeah, yeah. we are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I've, I've yeah. almost yeah. done mine already. Yeah. Don't ruin it. <laughs> but I, I think the initial concern about oh, is there going to be a bit? Is it too much to handle on one night? Essentially, for the for the two sides, I think it'll work out okay. So we should hopefully still see all those lads you just mentioned, Connor, get the chance to showcase themselves in the in the FL Trophy again. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we'll come on to some teams and and we'll start with the first one because goalkeepers, I think every position is probably going to be up for debate here. Uh, I think it's looking like it could be Kevin Kelleher for his his senior debut. Um, Andy Lonergan is obviously there as well, but I think think it'll be the the young Irish uh, international. That'd be a really big opportunity for him though, won't it? Yeah, I mean, he's someone who now the the club have got high hopes for and um, last summer, there's someone they signed Alisson, I know he... Kelleher kind of moved ahead of Grabara as unofficial third choice and obviously Grabara's now gone on loan to Huddersfield and Kelleher's still at the club so yeah I think it might be a good chance to, to see what he's all about Agree? Yeah this is another reason why I like the League Cup because it's a good chance to watch yeah. him to watch uh, players in action against well, it It doesn't the interfere top. with the usual schedule like the FA Cup just takes out your Saturday yeah. and if, yeah. you, if you're not in it then you're not playing and yeah, you've yeah, got to wait so. a week they're all, so they're all night games yeah, um, and you get to see players who you never ever see. So, and you don't have yeah. pundits burn your head out by saying magic of the league cup. Mm, sure. <laughs> every every other cliche. Yeah, yeah, Kiva, Kiva, Kiva O'Neill. Same for you, Sean. Yeah, yeah clean sweep, especially because you know I think there'll be if it is say Lover and Gomez in front of him, it's it's experience right in front of him, isn't it? So yeah, p- perfect opportunity to uh, see him in action. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think it's likely that Klopp is going to. Risk Trent or risk Robertson. Um, I was thinking this though. I mean, we're literally going to talk about who do you play right back? 
It's, it's tricky, isn't it? You, mm-hmm. you know, you had that bit of a debate in, in pre-season. Keanu Hoover? Yeah, I think yeah. it'd be the yeah. obvious one, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, well, I, when I had the chance to speak to Ian Clark last week, I asked him about this. I said, it's obviously not ideal that the EFL trophy <laughs> and the Carabao Cup are on the same night, so is there a plan in place and, and what is it? And he said, uh, I haven't spoken to Neil Critchley yet, but there is a plan in place and I'm not telling you what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Neil Critchley had told me the week earlier that he hoped that some of his... Big guns would be looking at the Carabao Cup game as a chance for them to, to stake a claim. So, um, Keanu Hoover possibly a right back, um, maybe Curtis Jones, and, and you'd hope Rian Brewster would be involved as well at some point. Okay, but I'm so, going with Hoover. That, well, you, you said it, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Hoover, yeah, clean yeah, sweep. Yeah. Can't not agree. And I think we might all be in agreement there'd be Gomez and Lovren in centre back. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, okay, left back then. Milner, no, no. Milner. Yeah, I suppose yeah. it has to be really. Oh, I mean, no chance for Larucci. I just think then if you go in Milner there, who's your third central midfielder? Is Adam Lewis fifth? Uh, as far as now, yeah, I think so. I'd be going Lewis or Larucci, Lewis? I think. Yeah, well, Lewis. Lewis, yeah. I suppose you've got two experienced centre-halves, isn't it? So it's whether you go for two inexperienced full-backs. Well, I was saying inexperienced. I know Joe Gomez is young, but he is experienced mm. compared to... So I don't think, I don't think Klopp will go for... Mil, uh, for Lewis but maybe I'd go for Lewis I think I'd go for Larucci for the pace down the wing yeah. Um, yeah. you like Larucci don't you yeah, yeah I do fan, yeah. Yeah, really yeah. rate him I've seen him a couple of times I think he's a really decent player but time will tell yeah. a bit yeah. of debate here and that's it a midfield Field? three do we reckon yeah yeah. 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 Copy. Adam Lallana as the six yeah yeah Ooh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah with that yeah. well Milner so are we just going our left back is going to be Milner then by Proxy because we've got about Lallana as a six. So if you're having him, him, Ox, and Cater, maybe, and you're freeing up Milner, I certainly think Cater will start. I'm not sure Cater's I don't think Cater's starting just yet. No, I don't think. Yeah, I think he'll come. I think he'll play. I think he's had some some involvement, but then he'll start. Yeah, so I think then Lallana, Oxlade Chamberlain, and Milner, but maybe Lewis or someone else Mm. left back. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm. Everyone in the same boat. Or any young, maybe Curtis Jones in midfield, do you think? I think he could. Start I think, I think he might play on the left of the front three yeah. if he is involved. If he yeah. is involved from the from the start, who um, are your front three? Brewster. Yeah. yeah. Shakiri. Depends about Origi, doesn't it? Depends how fit he is. Mm. He, he, I'm not sure if he if he would have been trained. Well, he didn't train Friday and obviously missed yesterday. You want to mm. do you risk him if he's just come back from injury? Yeah, yeah. So Brewster, Shakiri. Do we go Oxley Chamberlain? But then you've got us. It's a tricky one, isn't it, Ish? Because you've put him in midfield. He's, in he's yeah, on the right. He's gone at him twice. So then, you, if you move him <laughs> off the field, you yeah. put him on the left. I didn't like him there when they played against Chelsea. Didn't have a good first half. I like half. him in midfield. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great against Southampton in the midfield, actually. So, um, yeah, I think Shakiri, Brewster, and if Origi's not fit, give Curtis Jones, Jones a run on. Yeah, yeah. Or Harvey Elliott. Or Harvey Elliott, possible, but he probably is going to play in the EFL, isn't I think he? Think Harvey will play because I, I think he's one of those ones that he's on the, the cop sees him. Yeah, as a, as a level yeah. higher, almost. Yeah. You know, like another fun fact from Guy. Yeah, yeah, Guy, our producer. <laughs> Harvey Elliott yeah. is also yeah. not just the youngest player to ever feature in the Premier League. He's also the youngest player ever to feature in the EFL Trophy when he came on for Fulham against Millwall. I think Thanks. that's a big thing as well. You know, the fact that they've Fulham have trusted him at sixteen to be able to throw him on against Millwall away at Millwall. Yeah, yeah. that's not easy for any footballer yeah. to go to. So EFL Cup. Yeah. Um, EFL Cup. EFL Cup. EFL Cup. Everyone. Yeah, which is which is the Carabao Cup. Yeah. So there's loads of options, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's certainly set to be a massive chance for so many youngsters. Um, quick predictions? 
Oh, they're so hard to predict these <clears throat> games, aren't yeah, they? They really are. The magic yeah, of the league. Three one Liverpool. Three one, yeah. That's uh, why it's so good. I'll, I'll take a slender one 0 win. I'm going to go two one. I think they will win with that with that amount of experience. But but yeah, a little chance for the home side as well. Excellent. Well. We will be back on Friday where we'll be discussing hopefully another Liverpool win and progression to the fourth round and a trip away to Sheffield United. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.